Before we start with our podcast for today with Mrs. Tanya Smith, a lot has changed since we recorded this just a few weeks ago. So I thought I would get her back on a call so she can share what's happening in her world, what her plans are in the short run and in the long run to fill in some gaps that as you listen to this, you might have some questions about like, yeah, but what do I do now? (laughs) So welcome back. Tanya, but other people, this is their first time to meet you. So hello. Hi. Hi. So what's happening in your world? Yeah. So, uh, well, I have three kids and they, their school has been canceled. So that was the biggest change, like with no warning, like Friday afternoon, they're like, sorry, school's closed starting Monday. (laughs) So that was kind of, you know, I was like, oh, now I'm a homeschool mom. Yay. (laughs) You know, been trying to get used to a different kind of schedule. And luckily they're old enough that they can get themselves dressed and feed themselves and stuff. So it's not Mm -hmm. too disruptive. I can, you know, go in my office and do some work and stuff. So, and then a couple of my recurring income clients, which we'll talk about later in my interview here, they are small service-based businesses. I have a dentist and a massage therapist and they had to close their businesses. So we just decided let's take a break from creating content for their social media. So my income's dropped a little bit, but my husband still has his job, so I'm not too stressed. I do feel so much empathy for my small business friends and my photographer friends who have had postponements and cancellations and are really, really struggling if it's their yeah. only source of income. So, right. So yeah. lesson number one, get a spouse that has a regular job. <laughs> right, right. No, seriously. Sometimes I've thought, you know, I don't know if I would be brave enough to do this without my husband's income, you know, like he and on the flip side he has a government job so if the government shut down he doesn't have an income so then we're really grateful for my income so it's really nice to have two incomes in your household for sure now coming from the other side of it i think for me had i had a lifetime of a spouse who well first of all a spouse i've been married a couple times but overall most of my career it's been me 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 Mm-hmm. And Tanya, what that does for me is I know it's sink or swim. Right, right. So at times like these, and of course this is completely unique, but the financial shifts and recessions, I've weathered six plus of those. Mm-hmm. And at times like these, I pretend I'm starting my business over and just get going, doing all of those good things that I did at the beginning and mm-hmm. putting extra effort into marketing, into creating better photography, into having my branding, polishing my sales skills, educating myself. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's the the other side of it is sometimes when we've got a, a soft place to fall, then it may be easier for some people to relax. And yeah, you know, I, I got, right. I got no choice. <laughs> so. Yeah. And I definitely have felt that, you know, like I could have accomplished a lot more in my business, if my business was my sole focus, yeah, you know, like I do, my kids are a high priority. And then I do, I'm like, well, you know, our mortgage is covered (laughs) with my husband's job. So, you know, you can, that it can be a motivator for you for sure to be like, I have to do this or I'm going to have to go get a job at Starbucks or something, you know? So I always think about selling shoes for some reason, selling shoes at Nordstrom. (laughs) So how is this situation? I know it's, 
it's only been a few weeks in, but is it starting to stir up some motivation as if you... Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I just, um, this morning, another photographer shared a little spreadsheet with us so we could do some cash flow like predictions. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh man, I, sh- I really should do that just so I can see, like I kind of know in my mind where I'm at, but it'd be nice to see some solid numbers, you know, like where could I cut back spending? What are some creative ideas that I could come with for, for boosting that revenue that I'm losing right now? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you, you know, I've definitely been thinking about that. And then like you mentioned as well, I've been taking some time to catch up on some education and things like that, that in the past I haven't had time to, to watch and to improve myself a little bit because suddenly we have all this downtime. So that's actually been kind of nice. Mm-hmm. And then I've also taken the time to get started on a course that I wanted to create myself, which has been on my back burner for like two years. So I think if we look at this time with a positive attitude and think about, you know, what could I do to either bring in some extra income or improve my business processes, then it could definitely be turned into a positive. I love it. I love it. Is there any other, uh, before we wrap this up and then get started with the show, any other thoughts? Um, I guess, I mean, one good thing about my business model, which, you know, they'll learn about more in our interview is that business, even though businesses might be struggling right now, they're not all going to go away once this is over. Like everyone's still going to need to market their business, maybe even more than before. Oh, Um, definitely more. You know, they're going to need what I have to offer for sure. So I'm not super worried. You know, I'm like, my business is not going to end because of this. I'm prepared to weather the storm. I, you know, I am committed to it. I'm not going to give up. And thankfully I've kept my overhead pretty low. Like I don't have an office or studio rent right now. My employees are all contractors. So I pay them at only as I need them. So I'm, I'm not super worried, you know, I'm like, maybe I won't be able to pay myself for a couple months, but I don't have those other responsibilities that I need to cover. Right, right. So, so the lesson for the future for people would be to uh, consider keeping your expenses a little on the lean side when you can mm-hmm. and have a safety net financially. Right. And which I do have some savings for, and so I'm, yeah, I'm not super, I mean, if this goes on for six months or something, then I might be in trouble. Universe, universe, we're just kidding about that. Yeah. (laughs) So So, yeah, but there's some lessons we could all learn about our current business, like practices, right? Like maybe we need to save more money for a rainy day. Right. Right. Something that I've been thinking a lot and I've been listening to a lot of panel discussions, both photography related business discussions and in my coaching community and other things. And everybody's saying now's the time to stay in touch with our current client base. Mm -hmm. Be there for them. Mm -hmm. Call just to say hello, just thinking about you. Not the time to like immediately cut all your prices and do things in a panic, but that by being there for people and reaching out to just say you care, then when things shift, who's the first person they're going to think about mm-hmm. when they want a portrait or they want a branding package or you know whatever it is that is your business product, mm-hmm. they're going to think of you and they're going right. to refer you. It's also yeah. a good time to be creating things that will be growing your contact list Mm -hmm. in a way that to me 
isn't super salesy, but to, to be proactive, come up yeah. with that, what's called a lead magnet that people can jump in on and it can support them now. And then that gets them in your, in your contact list so that then you can promote to them later when it feels more appropriate. Right. Offering them some value. And not everyone is struggling financially right now. I mean, I just went to the pizza place and they're like, oh my gosh, we've never been so busy. Like we're delivering pizzas night and day. So some, some industries are actually making a killing right now. (laughs) Yes. And my target clients are people who, what they're worried about is not their daily bills. They're just looking at their retirement accounts and Mm -hmm. their savings or the, their investment accounts. Right. And they're not liking that that's gone down, but it's not money they're living on. Yeah. So, you know, their daily income is steady because Mm -hmm. they have, you know, whatever they're doing in life. So thank you, Tanya, for jumping on this call and giving us a little bit of insight into what you're doing to get through this time with the eye to really thrive and maybe even be way more successful. That's what I, I'm visualizing for everyone. And it's the people who stay positive and take action in the right directions that get through this and are still in business. Good news, bad news is that a lot of our friends and colleagues will not make it through. And that's the bad news. But for, from a business standpoint, there's less competition. I've noticed that over and over again in, in my community is um, like, let's say weddings. When Once weddings came back, there were a lot less wedding photographers to choose from, hmm. it, which doesn't make me happy. But in terms of business, it is a reality that mm-hmm. when we can be the ones that are still there and actually offering more and better and shining in a brighter way than we were even before this. That's how we turn this into a great big win. Sending out uh, lots of love, Tanya, to you and your family and to everybody listening. So stay tuned because Tanya's got a lot of good stuff that she's shared on the interview coming up. Thanks, Tanya. Thank you. Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. In order to be irreplaceable, one must always be different. And this is Coco Chanel. And I couldn't resist adding this one to the quotes. Be who you are and say what you feel because those who mind don't matter and those who matter, don't mind. And that's by, guess who? Dr. Seuss. (laughs) So hello, lovely listeners, and thanks for tuning in and supporting this podcast. I have big news if you haven't already heard. I just launched an online course called the Profitable Photographer's Sales Academy, and you can find out more about that and other good stuff at lucydumascoaching.com. You'll find my ebook and another free gift. I just keep expanding what I'm offering so that I can help you become more profitable. So be sure to get on my mailing list by grabbing one of the gifts and you will always be informed about any new good stuff coming out. So now I want to introduce you to my special guest, 
Tanya Smith. Tanya is the owner of WorkStory Photography, located in Spokane, Washington. She's a branding expert who works with organizations and individuals who want to elevate their brand image with storytelling photos that sell. And this is a new emerging niche, and she has been a pioneer. It's kind of a cross between lifestyle photography and commercial photography focusing on helping personal brands and corporations look highly professional in their visual communications. So welcome, 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 Tanya, and thank you for taking the time to chat with me. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Me too. So first off, can you tell us briefly a little about where the heck you came from? What's your background? Yeah, so I, my background's in graphic design and marketing. I studied visual communications at the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising in LA. Mm. And yeah, and then I worked for a couple of years at some marketing and advertising agencies, working with the dentists and the healthcare industry. And then I started freelancing when we moved and those companies were like, oh, will you please work remotely for us? And so then I, I became a freelancer and that was in 2006. Mm -hmm. And so then I started looking for my own clients and kind of got into the fashion industry because of my connections from my school and worked with brands like Guess and Kodak, ironically, before they went out of business. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I vaguely remember them. Now, right? I and Microsoft. And HP, I worked with, so in tech and fashion, just doing graphic design. I, you mm. know, I got to design everything from huge interact, um, trade show displays to, you know, logos for some fashion brands and everything related to merchandising mm. and point of sale and catalogs and just everything. <laughs> wow. So um, that gave you a really good background in the business side of things. And yeah that rare gift that you actually know about marketing and some of the other right. things that people who buy a camera fall in love and say, I think I'll start a business may not have. So can you <laughs> right. tell me real quickly then how you said, I'm going to be a photographer? I got married <laughs> and had, I, let's see, I was pregnant with my third child, still freelancing in my basement, kind mm. of all night long and then taking care of my kids during the day. And it was just not sustainable and photography had been a hobby for a long time like I would do you know my friends kids senior pictures and took lots of pictures of my babies and I also noticed my like I had been getting more local small business clients and they always had terrible photography and the the dentists too that I worked mm -hmm. with a lot you know they're like here's a picture my secretary took of us under the fluorescent lights can you put it on the front of my newsletter and on the <laughs> board like, you know what? and I'm like oh so after, I, <laughs> after after that nausea wave of nausea goes away <laughs> I'm like well I'll see what I can do with it in photoshop right so I was like well I would really like to offer photography to businesses to use in their marketing because you know you spend all this money on a website or a brochure or something and then put terrible photos in it it's a total waste because the yes. photography takes up 95% of their real estate in a design and so I started taking workshops and you know online courses I learned how to use lighting I had a pretty good eye for taking photos with natural light and working with people but I wanted to learn how to really step it up and so I just I kind of fired all my graphic design clients eventually and just started offering photography and then as social media became bigger I really saw this need for custom 
photography for brands, like lots of photography, you know, volume of, to tell their story. And mm -hmm. that's how work story came to be. And so now I offer photo and video. Now people are wanting video more and more yes. to market their brands. And so that's, that's how I came to where I'm at now. <laughs> nice. I first heard about it, a friend of mine, you know, about the concept, cause it really is so expanded from the headshot. Mm -hmm. I don't even like that term, Yeah, um, maybe. but we were at, at dinner at a local photography association installation banquet. And I'm like, what are you up to? And she's like, oh my gosh, I'm getting into this whole new kind of photography and I'm photographing people, we call it branding. And I find entrepreneurs, that's her specialty. And, you know, she started telling me about what she was charging, what she was doing for people. I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. So tell me about this niche. Tell me about, you know, because when I think of branding, I think, okay, we need to brand ourselves, which mm -hmm. I do have a podcast on my idea of identifying what makes us unique and mm -hmm. communicating, you know, in many, many ways. Graphic art, of course, being a big part of that. But there's something that's a, you know, photographic branding. Can you share what that's about? Yeah. So, well, as a brand creator, like, you know, in my life as a graphic designer, I would create a brand image for a company that, you know, included a logo and colors, fonts, tone of voice in the writing. And yes. also it usually included a photographic style. So especially, you know, big companies like HP, their style guide is like a thousand pages on a website. And if I was given a project, I would have to familiarize myself with that. And they would have guidelines. You know, if I'm going to choose a stock photo, it has to meet all of these guidelines that, you know, might include like specific colors and specific demographic of people, specific lighting and subject matter. So mm -hmm. for a smaller brand, like a personal brand, it's a lot easier because it's about you, <laughs> you know? So let's say for your brand, obviously you'd want lots of pictures of your face and you might consider your target market, like you're marketing to photographers. So you're going to have pictures of you, you know, maybe with your camera or coaching clients or whatever you want to communicate to your audience in your marketing. So, and that's something I do with my clients. We'll sit down and talk about their target market and their brand message and what their goals are as far as their marketing. Like, who are you selling to? What do you want to sell? How do you, how do you want to reach them? And what do you want to communicate? So that's kind of the gist of the brand part of the photography. So it's not just showing up and capturing special moments and beautiful vignettes of what's going on. It's helping the customer create visual communications really yeah. for their brand. So you do like a branding exploration with them mm -hmm. verbally at a consultation and then figure out what they're going to wear and how you're going to photograph them, what exactly. unique images they might need. Sometimes they might need models and I help them figure that out. Most of the time we get away with not having to hire from an agency, but that's an option. You know, I've got relationships with modeling agencies, but most of the time, you know, like it, if we use you as an example, again, we'd be like, Hey, do you have some good looking friends <laughs> that would want yeah. to come model in your, you know, in your photo shoot? And maybe you offer them some compensation in like trade or, or pay them or buy them pizza or whatever mm -hmm. seems fair, you know? <laughs> and so, and I typically have two different audiences. One would be the personal brands 
like you, and then the corporate brands. And in the case of the corporate brands, I, I've just had them bring in their own clients or sometimes they use their employees for models. So we, can, we kind of tend to get creative in that regard. So I want to dial back just a little bit to okay. kind of make sure we've got a nice clean picture of this particular niche. You look for people, people hire you to create photographs and a big part of that service is photographs of them and then other photographs they can use in their marketing materials to tell the story. Mm -hmm. Right. So sometimes that might include, you know, if they have products, we might show that. If they have things that they talk about a lot in their blogs or their marketing or their podcast, you know, maybe mm -hmm. their favorite books or, you know, their uh, their workout routine or I don't know. What It just depends on what their message is. Right. And we'll brainstorm ideas for visuals. And I think that's one reason I'm really good at this is because of my background in design. Yes. You know, I... I used to spend eight hours trying to find the right stock photo for an ad. And now I'm like, let's just create one. Right. It'll only take two hours. <laughs> you know? yeah. So, yeah. So I, and I've, I kind of seen a lot of photographers cropping up saying, you know, Oh, we specialize in branding, but then the client that hired them later will call me and be like, I hired this photographer and I can't use any of the images. They're just not appropriate for marketing. And so they might be a good photographer, but don't necessarily have that background in marketing and design and branding. So I, I guess it's kind of a cautionary thing that I, you know, that I'm seeing a lot, you know, make sure you're qualified to do this work before you jump right in well, to it, get, I guess I would say. So Tanya, how would you get qualified? Well, I mean, study it, take a class. If you know, i I didn't jump right in offering commercial photography until I was super confident in the lighting and the technical part of photography. So this would be just another step, you know, take, take a class, get a coach or study marketing branding. There's so many books, there's college classes you could take on visual communications, mm -hmm. um, that kind of thing, or maybe become a, uh, an apprentice or an intern at an advertising agency or something like that. Mm -hmm. That could be good experience. So, or, you know, if you already are a graphic designer, that makes you a good candidate, I would say. Sure. So what I'm thinking is, let's say I wanted to get into this space and, you know, the time it would take to, although I love the whole branding concept and uh, next lifetime, I'll probably grow up to be a graphic artist, maybe with a side order of a florist, <laughs> other things I love. But what I would probably do if I was like, oh, by next year, I want to be rocking and rolling in this space is find a really great graphic artist that understands personal branding, identity, you know, the whole, mm -hmm. everything you've talked about, that there are got to be people out there who want more success and they're not apt to go in and learn photography. So I could see it being a, a really good partnership. For sure. Yeah. That's one thing you could do is have an art director partner with oh. you, you know, and that could be a graphic designer, um, someone who is going to be designing the ads or, you know, a lot of times I'll partner with website designers. They've been a big referral source for me ah. because they've designed a whole website. They've got all these stock photos in there and then they come to me and they're like, we need a replacement for this photo that includes the client. So then, you know, you know, well, we know, we got to have a horizontal photo and it needs to show the people doing this. So when you have maybe some art direction, 
like that, that could be a really good compromise right. and collaboration. So yeah. that person could be part of the interview to mm -hmm. kind of get the plan and then they do their part and you do your part and you've got a right. word shot, but you've got a shot list. You know what you're going mm -hmm. for without having to learn how to be an amazing graphic artist first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's been the key to having the most successful shoots for me is the more planning you do in advance the more happy my customers usually are because I already know like, well, we need exactly these photos and that, that are going to fit in exactly this space. And then we create them unless they're someone who is like, well, I'm launching a course and I just know I need a hundred photos of me and we'll use them somehow, you know, maybe they yeah. don't have a concrete plan yet, but they know the style that they want or I've helped them come up with that. And then, um, in that case, it's not quite as limited. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of my uh, mentors that I've signed up for some of her stuff, her name's Gina Gabellini, and she's big on lead magnets. And mm -hmm. she said, you know, you want to have photographs and you want to have them with a lot of variety. And she said, I have a hundred, you know, I was, you just said a hundred and I was, I had been thinking, she said, I have a hundred photographs of me and she's very energetic and fun. So I, the last thing that I got from her, from an email, I'm sure she was on a trampoline because she's like airborne. Yeah. And I, since she mentioned that now I see in all of her stuff because my email is, gets quite filled up with <laughs> hers mm -hmm. and others. It's like, oh yeah, they, they're kind of the same, but they're different. Yeah. And, Yes. Right. Well, one of the perks of this niche as well is that my clients need photos over and over. Like it's not wow. like a wedding where we hopefully get married once. <laughs> right. And not again, you know, so in the case of a content marketer who, you know, is constantly doing funnels, they're going to want to update their photos. Right. So I've actually been pushing content creation retainers where once a quarter or once a month or however often they need, we update their photos and it's just a monthly price. So that's been mm. really amazing for so me like, who have always had this kind of feast or famine income right. as an artist. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah. And I've started offering social media management to a few clients as well, along with the retainers. A lot of times they'd hire me, have all these photos and then they're not using them. Right. They're just like sitting on their computer. I'm like, what are you doing? You need to yeah. post your pictures. <laughs> yeah. So, and you know, I found, especially with, I have a dentist, a massage therapist, and a commercial real estate agent. Like they don't have time to do that. So yeah. that's one thing I saw a need for and started offering it as well. Yeah. Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've seen that, that clip. Do you think that if, if what somebody is actually doing is executive portraits, that maybe they'd want to take the word branding off and be marketing what they actually do as to not mislead the client or so explain it a little more. Okay. So I, I see a lot of photographers who are now either adding or specializing in they're calling it branding photography. Mm -hmm. And based on what you just told me, what I believe they're doing is executive or entrepreneur photography where they're providing great photographs, 
not necessarily having those deep conversations about how they're going to use it in their branding or their colors or their um... yeah just the the marketing goals and all. so that's one thing i feel like this branding photography term is kind of being thrown around a lot right you know it's just kind of like you said popped up recently i originally called my business work story corporate photography but that was before like this term branding photography even existed. Mm-hmm. And I felt like branding photography was a better fit for what I was trying to offer. Right. So, and I guess, and I always make it super clear to people that I do provide that branding consultation as part of my main packages as a, t- like that's a huge value add on. And in fact, if people are like, well, you know, if they want it, they don't have the budget. I'm like, well, I can show up for an hour and take pictures it's not going to include all that planning. So I can't really guarantee the outcome for you, you know? So, Mm -hmm. and I, and I feel like that's where a lot of the people coming to me have gotten frustrated because a photographer is just showing up ready to take pictures, but Mm -hmm. there's been no pre-planning production. Right. Like that part is missing. And if a client has never done a photo shoot before, they don't really know what to expect. So that's why I include that guidance as part of the service to ensure their success or at least you know add to the probability of success of having great photos at the end so So. it sounds like you're really passionate about serving the clients beyond that it's more income for you it it's actually doing what your heart is calling you to do oh yeah absolutely yeah i love that and I'm sure you also would agree that there's nothing wrong with people doing executive portraits and calling Mm -hmm. it branding if they want to, you know, they're all, (laughs) it's a free world. I like the term executive portraits if that's what I do too. That has kind of like, like an air of like luxury or, you know, like you could charge more for that, (laughs) I guess, you know, and I think that's what one of the problems I'm having with the branding photography term is I'm seeing people, oh, a brand photography shoot and it's $150 and I'm like what yeah (laughs) you know so it's maybe kind of cheapening it a little bit yeah so yeah I think and when I think of executive portrait I think of you know a guy in a suit sitting at his desk with the encyclopedias in the back like superposed Mm. which there's nothing wrong with that obviously back in the day back in my day there were some amazing photographers who would at PPA conventions and and other places that you'd find great photography speakers, that their topic, their whole program was on executive portraiture. And some of the best would go to locations, uh, like if it was a minister, they would do it at the church. Uh And not just like, here he is in front of the door, but like, here's a beautifully lit church. And then the, the pastor at the front of the church nicely lit you know maybe bible in hand maybe not or uh the symphony the the head ceo of the symphony in their symphony hall or right you know, and but, that's what i'm doing i, I don't have a yeah. studio i yeah. it's all you know so yeah i feel like so, that is kind of a mix of what i'm doing yeah. <laughs> well i think it's coming the whole genre is coming back in a new way mm-hmm. the, the piece that i think there is a big opportunity that used to exist and has faded and i think some smart people could bring it back bring it back bring it back (laughs) is is having finished art pieces 
in the businesses, big mm-hmm. wall portraits where I go take my brother to his doctor. It's in a hospital. That mm-hmm. It's a clinic in a hospital. And as I come down the elevator, there's this corner that has like eight 24 by 30s of executives or board of directors or, you know, founding, mm-hmm. whatever, some big shots. And those portraits are probably 20 years old now. They're still up. But that used to be a very viable market to ah. have big wall portraits beautifully framed on real canvas, the nice stretcher canvas, or now they could even probably step into that painter, digital painting world and brush strokes. Um, You know, if I was doing what you do, I would probably sell them some art for their actual spaces. So that's a really good idea. I have a few, I mean, I've had a couple clients ask for that and I've, you know, designed a gallery for them and and stuff, but I have a few others in mind who would probably really love that if I approach them, you know, with like this hero portrait that we created, they would probably really love to have. Yeah. It's a good idea. (laughs) And yeah. And if you do, you know, the whole team to Mm -hmm. do an amazing big portrait and have it like a hundred inches wide. Right. Somewhere in the space or Mm -hmm. yeah. So it, it's a, you know, everything old it can be new again. So there's another little hot idea. Yeah, I really like that idea. So what kind of, I know I peeked at your website, so I have a little bit of an idea of that. What kind of fees are common, you know, with you and others in this space? Yeah, well, so this has been an experiment for me, I guess, to figure out how much to charge, Mm -hmm. I guess. And it's the number one question photographers always ask, right? Like, how much do I charge? So my typical kind of work story package where I'm doing the planning and kind of a, you know, a half day photo shoot, I start at Mm $3,000 and I live in an area that... I would say is less than average incomes. And so that just kind of tends to bring everything down. I mean, if I was in Seattle or LA or something, I'd probably be charging it double that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe that's a mindset hang up or something I have, but it depends on the client too. If it's a super small business versus, you know, say like the hospital or utility company or something came to me, I might charge more, but I've, I've noticed um, the super, super small businesses don't want to spend the money or don't have the money. And then huge corporations have an in-house photographer. So my target market is this middle sized business that's making, you know, they've got a few million dollars in revenue. They spend money on marketing with a third party usually, and they want to look really good in their images and online. So it's, it's taken a while to figure out who that target market is that's willing to spend the money, but doesn't hire someone full time to create media for them. Right. Yeah. So finding that sweet spot. Yeah. So I found dentists who are smart and willing to spend money on marketing. They're a good client. Um, an engineering firm was one of my best highest spenders. They were having their website redesign redesigned and that's a good indicator of someone who is ready to hire you? Are they having their website redesigned? Are they remodeling their office? Like something like that, where they're going to need new images. So I've had an interior designer and my travel agent, a business broker. I kind of have 
I don't have a lot of the same <laughs> genre. They're kind of right. all over the place. I have a medical spa. That's a good one because they are really focused on image. You know, they want things to look really, and they all have great skin, so they're fun to photograph. <laughs> yeah. Not so, a lot of retouching required. So businesses that are bigger than a solopreneur, but not a corporate, and, and maybe businesses where there is possibly specialty education mm -hmm. needed yeah the solopreneur or the personal brands that usually hire me are you know creating an online course or some kind of education or selling a product online or something that requires their face to show up a lot so right. yeah. uh, i try not to judge based on the size of the business because i've had you know people who it's just them and they it they want to spend the money because it's important for them to have great photos Right. So, but so for the most part, the medium size small business, because it's still considered small business if you're under like, I don't know, 25 million or something. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? I'm a small business. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I don't, when I am looking for my target market, which is most of my best photography clients come from anywhere from 20 minutes, if there happens to be no traffic, to an hour, hour and a half. Mm -hmm. Now, if somebody that lives around the corner wants to hire me, I'm not going to be like, no, you're not in my target market. Right. It's right. just that the efforts that I make are to find the families. Now, my ideal clients are families who have teenagers or uh, mid-20s and new grandbabies. Mm. Um, those, are, those are where my big dollars and super happy clients come because those, the grandmas, either they had beautiful portraits of their kids and they want to be sure they have them of their grandbabies uh -huh. or they couldn't afford it and they yeah. they know the loss and mm -hmm. so they want to have it they want their kids to have them and they want them in their home too because right. i did not have children not on purpose just you know life mm -hmm. life happens the way it does and the saddest part is I don't get grandbabies <laughs> and what <laughs> i've heard is that you don't really know love until you have a grandchild yeah, I've heard that too. And that demographic right now has the most disposable income. Exactly. Like the baby boomer grandmas. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's a smart that's a smart demographic to have we, right we, now. People can say, okay, boomer, but for me, who is a boomer, <laughs> we, we got the money now. So we right. just well. <laughs> and the time, you know, you got the time and the money. Time and the money. So. Now there are some people who are uh teaching about how to take a, a headshot and turn it into a thousand to three thousand dollars by upselling is that something that you do when you know there's potential when they book you or do they have to be all in and and you don't have a system where you can add on after the session how does that work for you yeah i mean for the most part businesses kind of have a budget and they have to stick to it usually. So, you know, we kind of negotiate in the beginning and they know what they're going to get. But I have had times where they bought a smaller kind of package and where I limited the amount of images that they get. And then later they buy more. Yes. I have done that in the past. Um, I also have retouching as an add-on. Like mm -hmm. usually they get a certain amount of images retouched, but then if they want more, 
And then I have a video add-on, but we added that on at the beginning, you know, when we're negotiating, where you get a discount if you do the video and we film it on the same day as your photo shoot. So that's been a good kind of upsell. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I'm selling what I'm offering in the beginning, just because there's so much work up front before the delivery of the actual images. Mm -hmm. But I like your idea of having like a printed hero photo. That could be a good Mm -hmm. upsell because, you know, they often fall in love with a certain image after it's made. I have not done a lot of executive portraits, but when I do, I start with, you know, because my model in selling portraiture is I get them to invest at different stepping stones. Because if I say to fully qualified people, if I'd said to some of them, oh, you're probably going to spend $10,000, they wouldn't hire me. Right. And I I run into that a lot, actually. When I get an initial investment, I know for me in the portrait world, a sweet spot seems to be somewhere around five to seven fifty. That if that that's kind of easy for ideal clients to say yes to. And the not ideal clients, it's past their comfort zone. And I know if I get somebody initially investing that much as a starter, then a three to five to $10,000 sale is on the way. Mm-hmm. So the executive portraits that I've done, I will maybe do a price for two images, but have them bring you know different tops and different mm-hmm. things. And because I honestly, I don't know how to just go do a headshot. Boom, I'm done. I'm going to spend an hour anyway. I can't help it. I have a subject. <laughs> I've got mm-hmm. a nice environment. I keep working it. So what usually ends up happening is they order something, you know, I start doing some personal portraiture, we'll say. Mm-hmm. And so I end up often selling them a wall portrait for their home, several smalls, and then more images. And I'll bundle, if they buy a print, they get the digital file. Mm-hmm. So that it might turn a $500 initial executive session outside of Balboa Park somewhere into a thousand or fifteen hundred or more so because mm-hmm. you know that that's my habits right. that's my portrait business model and since i don't do a lot of photography of executives it's sort of a little bonus money it's a little add-on it's not a big right. strategy most of my clients just want the digital file. i mean they want to put it on their you know if we're talking about just a headshot they want to put it on their social media profile or their business card and their website okay so you that's mm-hmm. what most of my clients say they want as well. Mm-hmm. But when I sit down with them in person and I do a slideshow and they see it big and I do some things that are beyond the straight headshot, most of them end up wanting some they can give to their mom and their spouse. And I take what t- people tell me. And then I look for ways, you know, I'm not, you don't need, you're doing great. So (laughs) I'm not, I'm not coaching you. I'm sharing, you know, with my listeners. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a different sales model. Like, you know, and, and so the, the little core that I just wanted to have people think about is a lot of people think they know what they want when I approach it in a different way and expand their awareness of what I can do for them then they start thinking like in this case, oh, you know, it would be really nice to have something in the office 
mm-hmm. that's fine art. Or of course my wife would love a portrait of me, you know, or, or a book or, or, you know, my mom would love an eight by 10 of this. Mm-hmm. And cause I'd like to provide that for them rather than having them go somewhere terrible. Right. Right. Yeah. It, they may end up doing that. So, yeah, I found with my business clients, they value time. Yes. And they want it quick. They want it done quick. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I mean, that's one of the selling points a lot of times, you know, I'm like, I come to you in your office, we set up there. Your most of their employees don't want to have their picture taken. So I got to make it quick. I got to make it easy. I mean, they're wearing their scrubs or their dental jackets. So mm-hmm. they're, I mean, they might want to print in their office, but most likely, I mean, I've found hardly anyone ever printing stuff. I've had teams more like a real estate team. We did a big picture in front of Lake Coeur d'Alene and they had that blown up really big. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And then I had a um, state farm agent. She can't put, she can't do a lot with social media. Like they have a lot of restrictions. Uh So, but she wanted kind of a story telling art installation in her office. So that's what we designed and and Mm -hmm. I had them printed on canvases. So, but for the most part, you know, they want stuff quick. They want, they have a lot of staff turnover. So we have to come and do new ones. So they want it to be quick and affordable a lot of times with the headshots. So, but actually I've found doing headshot events where it's like speed headshots. Mm -hmm. People just want to come in. They just want one. They want it to be affordable. I originally didn't want to do that because I was like, oh, that kind of cheapens what I do. But I found whenever I do an event like that, I get a lot of inquiries for either coming in and photographing a whole team of like 30 people or to do an actual work story. So it's been good marketing doing mm-hmm. those speed headshot events. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I, it's like making money to advertise myself. It's kind of cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, yeah I'm get, getting paid to advertise. Hi. When I join networking groups, the first thing they always want is, oh, I'll have to talk to you. I need a new headshot. I'm sure you've heard that a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and because I do kids and families, it was always awkward. It's like, oh, that's not really what I do. You know, it's just like a weird, weird thing. And so that kind of networking wasn't always the greatest for me historically. What I would do now, if I was still 100% photography, is I would say, that's great. Once a month, I have a special executive portrait day. And I would promote, because the other challenge in a lot of networking groups is these people are trying to build businesses. Mm-hmm. They don't have the money to hire me, yeah. really. Mm-hmm. That's and what they, I do too. they may not even know people that have the money, but mm-hmm. they may know businesses. They may be able to introduce me to somebody if I said, you know, I'm looking for a dentist office. They may think, oh, yeah, I have a dentist. I know a lawyer. Mm-hmm. So having a, let's say once a month marketing the heck out of getting people to come in for, for an executive, you know, the monthly special and then getting all that contact info Mm -hmm. and turning them into clients, whether it's corporate clients or portrait clients. I think, you know, I love that that has worked for you Mm -hmm. and you know, with a little different twist because you're not creating the event, but getting paid to market, who doesn't want that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can actually do, I create an event. It's like update your headshot event. I just did one last week, this week, and I partnered with a website designer. They hosted it at their office. 
and they provided the food. They provided the space. We made a Facebook pay event for people to sign up and pay in advance. They choose their favorite on the spot for me to retouch. Mm -hmm. It's it's quick. And I started doing it because clients I had in the past, they'd call me and be like, I have a new employee. They need a headshot. How much would you charge? And I'm like, well, to come to your location and set up and everything, it's going to be $750. And they're like, what? I just need one, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's why I started doing this. So everyone who had called me, I'm like, well, next month I'll do a headshot event. So you can come in and get your one picture, but then I'm not just doing one picture. Right. So how do you turn those people? Like what is the journey to getting them to go? Oh, I want to hire her to do a whole branding. Well, I find most of the people who just want one headshot, they're like a real estate agent or it starts with building a relationship. You know, I'm on their radar. I am keeping in touch with them. They are following me on social media. I get a lot of referrals through social media. You know, people are like, hey, I need I need portraits for my brand or, you know, who, who should I hire? And they tag me. So yeah, I think it's just kind of a an entry into getting to know me and knowing that I do this. I've run the risk of becoming known as the headshot photographer, which I do not want to be. Right. So I try not to do these very often mm-hmm. and try to show a lot more of the work story sessions than just headshots. Cause I don't want to be the headshot photographer, but I'm, you know, businesses want a headshot. And so I started offering it. It's mm-hmm. something that they want yeah. and it's related, you know, to what mm-hmm. I do. So, yeah. and I find if I can get someone who has 20 to 30 employees and want me to come in, I can charge several thousand dollars for that. Yeah. So it's kind of a good lead. Right. And then you never know those people who they know and yeah. Yeah. Or sometimes, you know, they're like, Oh, well you do, this kind of storytelling photos too. We need those for our website next year or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. All this is such good stuff. So why did you pick this particular genre? So, well, I mentioned before a little bit about as a freelance graphic designer, I was really stressed out. Deadlines, like before I had kids, I was really good at meeting deadlines really quickly, like super quick turnaround, but then having to take care of three kids and try to meet those deadlines, it wasn't working anymore. And so as I was learning more about photography, I, I shot weddings one summer with a wedding photographer, but my husband works on the weekends. So I had to get a babysitter for mm. like 12 hours, which was like on a weekend. <laughs> it's yeah. hard to find somebody reliable. And then, you know, portrait photography. I love doing portraits, actually. I really do. And I kind of started doing kid photography, like kid portraits. And, but I didn't like doing in-person sales. I didn't want to have a studio with all of that overhead. And also that I felt like that required me to work on the weekends or evenings as well. Cause mm-hmm. you know, kids are in school and families want to do it on the weekends. And plus, you know, my background in marketing and graphic design, it just seemed like a no brainer. I was like, well, mm-hmm. I want to offer this to my existing clients because I feel like it would help them elevate their brand image and sell more products and services. And so I, as I was doing my business plan, I thought, you know, I just want to work while my kids are at school, nine to three, maybe five if I have to, Monday through Friday. And then in the summertime, it's a little tricky, but you know, I just get a babysitter if I have a shoot and work on my husband's day off. He has Monday and Tuesday off. So 
yeah, and it just works really great. I feel like I'm, I'm working while they're at school and mm -hmm. I'm making more than if I was working at a full-time job doing mm -hmm. whatever, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, I, and I've, I'm working very part-time. So it's working out really well Good. for me and I love it. I get to meet people from all different industries and learn about what they do and connect other business people. I really like being active in the business community and teaching other people how to be successful in their business. That's part of my passion as well. Mm -hmm. I've been involved in like the National Association of Women Business Owners. I was on our local board here for a while and kind of involved in the community in that way. So it's been really fulfilling for me. Yeah. So it sounds like it's a great niche because it's business people. So they're keeping business hours. So they don't mm -hmm. expect you to show up on a Sunday at the beach uh -huh. right. <laughs> and yeah. leave your family behind or yeah. Saturdays or, you know, for me in the summer, sun goes down here at 8 PM in mm -hmm. the middle of June and you know, longest day of the year. And so I have to be, you know, wheels to the ground at about right. o'clock. Yeah. Come home at nine because now with <laughs> digital, there's sweet light that lasts forever. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. used to be, you know, with film, even the 800 speed film, there's a certain point not long after sunset where I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. yeah. So for some people who enjoy, enjoy, you know, the community, want to grow in terms of business, being around business people, supporting businesses, it does sound like a great way to make a living and mm -hmm. have a life while you're making the living. Right. Yeah. I love it. We're just about done for today, but I want to find out how people can get in touch with you. Yeah. So if you're, if a photographer is interested in learning more about this, I have a Facebook group called rock your brand photography biz, <laughs> B I Z. They could join. And then I'm also on Facebook as Tanya Goodall Smith, or my business page is work story photography and on Instagram as well. Same. Great. I'm on LinkedIn. You could connect with me there as Tanya Goodall Smith, um, which we didn't really talk about, but LinkedIn is where you should be if you want to work with businesses. So ah. it's kind of a statement. <laughs> I'm trying to get more involved on that social media platform. So, yeah. so next, um, and yeah, next and time then I'm, we'll do a whole LinkedIn episode. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm still learning about that. I'm kind of experimenting mm -hmm. with LinkedIn. But um, I currently don't have a course or anything, but I'm offering one-on-one -on -one mentoring if someone really wants to dive in to this type of photography business model. I've learned by many trial and errors, so I've got a lot to share with that. And just reach out to me. My email is Tanya, T-A-N-Y-A, at workstorymedia.com. Okay. That's how they could get a hold of me for that. And yeah. then I'm also an educational ambassador for SLR Lounge in the Master the Business of Photography Facebook group there. So okay. that's a great group to connect if you're wanting to learn more about the business of photography. And of course, I mean, I would probably uh, connect okay. with you as well if you're wanting okay. to learn that because that's yes. what you focus on. So yes, yes. So before I ask Tanya one last question, darling listeners, I want to remind you to get in touch with me if you have want to chat. Visit LucyDumasCoaching.com and send me an email. You can also learn more about my online course and I have my new new Instagram account. I'm very excited. I'm still learning 
but it's the profitable photographer and then underscore pod. So I'd love for you to follow me there and let me know and I'll follow you and we'll have one big party together. So be sure to stay tuned for my wrap up as always. Um, one last question for you, Tanya. Mm -hmm. Is there something, last thing that you want to make sure that the listeners know? Something new, important to share? Um, I would say if you want to offer brand photography, charge more than you would charge for portrait photography. Yeah. I think this is a big mistake I'm seeing. You know, like people are making money off of your photos. Like that's the primary purpose of hiring you is to make money with these photos. So, you know, I often see people charging less. They're like, oh, you know, like I mentioned before, $150, that seems to be a price I see a lot. And oh, yeah. I'm like, if you go to gettyimages.com, it costs $500 for one photo. That is a mm. stock photo that anyone could buy and use to market their business with. Mm -hmm. So I would, you know, I would say just charge more, learn about commercial usage licenses. That's another thing I think portrait photographers might be a little naive about or not know mm -hmm. um, what their rights are as far as copyright and what you're actually selling to people, which is a license to use your image. Mm -hmm. So learn about that and don't be afraid to charge more than you think you should because this right. is for commercial usage. Right. I, that really hits home to me that mm -hmm. this isn't someone with a family budget that's taking family money to put art in their home. This is somebody, whether they are profitable or not, their mm -hmm. plan is to use this to grow more profit. So mm -hmm. just like when you hire a coach, it's an investment that when all things go well and you use that education and that support, that investment, you know, multiplies a hundredfold. You know, for example, now that I'm a business coach, I do hire people to support me. And that investment has blossomed into, you know, really nice income and the ability to support and help more people by reaching out. So what I hear you saying is keep in mind that when you are photographing people for executive or branding, it is an investment for them and investments mean there's more money for them in the future if all goes well. So don't be afraid to charge well. Right, yeah. right. And keep in mind your price point says something about your brand as well. If you're cheap, smart business people are going to wonder why. Yeah. And you're going to keep getting cheap clients, you know, like do yourself a favor <laughs> and charge more and you'll attract people who are ready to pay more. Right. So, yeah, I have to say when I went to your website to learn more about you and then I fished down and saw your investment level, my opinion of your professionalism went way up. Hmm. I didn't I did I didn't start with an opinion, so it wasn't like, oh yeah, Tanya. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, huh, I wonder if doing this. And then when I saw that you're charging a pretty penny, then it impacted my belief in your professionalism. So well, I'm glad to hear that. So yes. <laughs> I just recently put those starting prices on my website because I was tired of people calling, just asking how much it costs. Mm -hmm. You know, that's their first question. And then just wasting my time having right. to have that conversation, I yeah. guess. So I'm, you know, I'm hoping that answers that question for people who are just looking. And then people who do call me, 
already know that they've already right. seen that number. And so that helps me have that initial conversation yeah. because I am doing the selling mm-hmm. at the front end instead of at the back end. Right. So if you are marketing well so that you're actually getting too many inquiries, you're like, you know, out of 20, maybe you book one because mm-hmm. your marketing is so great, then you know, I think that's a really smart move. So for people <laughs> who are still growing their niche and and finding clients, I think putting the, the pricing can turn away people that could be highly qualified right. once right. you build the relationship. So it all depends yeah. on where we are. When I did weddings, I handed out my price list at bridal shows because, yeah. you know, there were, I don't know, 30,000 brides, 10,000. I don't know how many brides went through there, but I did not have the time to talk to all of them. Right. But as a portrait photographer, it is not as easy to have, you know, a concentrated group of highly qualified people wanting to know about the business. So, yeah, so there's always an it it depends in mm-hmm. terms of putting the pricing on there. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to say goodbye for now. And I want to thank you so, so much. I know that my listeners are, some of them, you've changed their lives forever. I hope so. I, that, I mean, yeah, this, this business model has changed my life. So I hope it will be helpful to someone else. And I thank you so much for having me on. It was really fun. You're welcome. It's fun for me too. <laughs> I know. Well, that was awesome. Here's my wrap up. I loved learning more about actual photographic branding that it's beyond the headshot or executive portrait it's actually doing a deep dive with a business or an individual to learn what photographs both photographs you know both executive photographs but also other kinds of imagery that you can create for them for their actual branding and communication uh, that lighting the voice the colors the style everything needs to be unified and so somebody doing what she's doing brings in a whole range of gifts i also found it interesting and not surprising that video is becoming a very central part of the overall branding strategy so she used me as an example that in sharing about my coaching, pictures of my face, maybe holding a camera or me coaching or other kinds of things I'd want to communicate to my clients or as a photographer, how would I want to communicate photographically beyond sharing my own work? I can really see how I have a whole new understanding about the commercial world and what is needed in that space. She talked about where she's finding the sweet spot, which is people who have small businesses that the solopreneurs often don't have the budget. The big corporate, they have their own photography staff. So she also shared that for her, the sweet spot for clients is people who have businesses that are not the solopreneur necessarily, because often they don't have the budget or the big corporations because they have staff photographers, but kind of mid-range businesses that would be personally owned is what I'm guessing, like doctors and spot owners, dentists, people who remodel and so forth. I also found it really valuable learning more about how 
this kind of photography can create a lifestyle, especially if you're a parent or if you just don't want to work nights and weekends because you're dealing with other business owners. So they're the need to be available on those off hours is greatly reduced. So I'm just really love this conversation. I have to admit it's late on a Friday night. So (laughs) my brain has gone to a little bit mush. So if none of that made any sense, you know why. (laughs) So again, thanks. And as Rick Steve says, until next time, bye now. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.